You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. And welcome back, everybody. It uh, has been already a wonderful program this Saturday evening, November the 4th, as we broadcast to you live from an undisclosed location in the rural South, a fantastic standing room only meeting of the League of the South today. A one-day-only conference that featured the best of the best. And uh, by that, I mean as speakers, Michael Hill, Kevin McDonald, and Simon Roche. All the way from South Africa. He certainly won the award for most miles logged in order to be here. And then they went to the minor leagues and grabbed me to fill out the roster. But nevertheless... It uh, was a great day, and it is great to be back with my friend and brother and comrade from uh, across the world, Simon Roche, tonight. I am shaking his hand as we speak. We don't get the opportunity to see each other as much as I would like because of time and distance and circumstances, but we're here tonight, and I value that, and it's an honor. Simon, how are you? I'm well, thank you very much, James. Thank you for the uh, generous words. Uh, it's terrific to be here. It's terrific to be on your show live um, and in person again. It's a privilege for Saitlanders, the organization that I represent, uh, to get this exposure, and we, we value it very much. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to be able to give it to you, and uh, it's an honor that you would grant us the opportunity uh, to provide the audience with this message. And so, uh, before we get into what you talked about today, and I was uh, marking up my notes for the program tonight uh, with some things to talk to you about that were germane to your address uh, that you delivered, uh, but uh, let's first remind the people, uh, you've made several appearances on this program, so uh, again, I don't want to take for granted that everybody uh, already knows, although they should, the organization that you represent and its mission. Let's start there. Yeah, James, I work for, I'm an employee of uh, Saitlanders, which is uh, spelled S-U-I-D, Landers, Saitlanders, it's a South African organization, the name means Southerners or Southlanders, it was founded by a man, our, our leader, uh, a man by the name of Gustav Müller, over 20 years ago. And it was founded as a civil defense organization under international law to pre prepare for a worst-case scenario in South Africa. Uh, he perceived that the promises of the new South Africa rainbow nation at that time were fallacies, that they were paper-thin, and that there was a strong likelihood that if they failed, or there was a strong likelihood that they would fail, and in failing, there was a probability that uh, they would rupture along racial lines. In other words, if the New South Africa, uh, uh, New South Africa Rainbow Nation uh, uh, faces crisis, people are going to revert to their own. And uh, we expect that as things are deteriorating so severely now in South Africa, people are going to revert to their own. And it 
it is a good and healthy and wise thing that the white people of South Africa should have a a legal uh, civil defense organization to to take care of their interests. So this is the mission. This is the goal. We have covered it many times on the program. Uh, we have been. We were talking about this earlier today, Simon, when we first uh, met. Um, well, I don't. That was a little more recent. But when you first came on the program was about 2017? 2017. 2017. Yes. And you drove 27,000 miles across uh, these, well, we can't call them United States if we're being honest, but across these states here in America, uh, 27,000 miles raising awareness about the plight and the dangers facing white South Africans in that uh, diverse rainbow nation that uh, the world helped provide. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Over, in 1994. Yeah, yeah. in 2017, beginning on the 3rd of March, uh, we spent six months here and we drove the length and the breadth of the USA raising awareness and many, many, many people hosted us all over the show. So uh, we, we put in a lot of mileage and um, it was a big, big job. Um, we came back in 2018, we were here in 2019, we spoke on your show, uh, at, uh, I beg your pardon, at your, at your birthday party, and then we had COVID and the travel restrictions, and mm. so we've come out again uh, almost four years later after the COVID and the, the travel restrictions um, to, to, yeah, to talk again about what's going on in South Africa, but... The big difference now is that it's no longer, you know, South Africa's <laughs> kind of the red-headed stepchild. We're, we've kind of caught up uh, to the dysfunction there. <laughs> Gee, you have caught up. It is heartbreaking. It's a crying shame to witness the deterioration of the USA in person. We are going to spend an extended time. Uh, Doctors Hill and McDonald, respectively, had 30 minutes apiece in the first hour. We're going to spend the entire second hour with Simon. And then in the third hour, we're going to put all of our featured guests tonight together for a roundtable discussion. You will not want to miss that. I'm going to step aside and, and give the show over to uh, Michael and Kevin and Simon and uh, just see where they go with it. But, uh, Simon, I do want to spend the remainder of this segment, and then we'll, we'll move forward talking about uh, contemporary issues and you know, have you break down your speech today. Uh, but the topic of South Africa is something that always, always is of great interest and importance to our audience. That is something, if I tell them we're having you on in South Africa, it's always, I don't want to say a big hit, like it's entertainment because it's such a serious thing, but people are concerned and they care and they want to tune in if they know that South Africa is going to be a top. So you're a regular featured guest when we have our March Around the World uh, a special series in, in March, uh, but of course you've been on many times uh, throughout the, the years as well. Uh, for other reasons. What is the current uh, situation on the ground in South Africa, as we said here in November of 2023? James, South Africa's decline is an incremental one. There's not much that I can tell you that's new and dramatic and, excuse me, hiccuping in the microphone, uh, and original and nobody's ever heard it before. It's just another day in South Africa. So as I've spoken to you previously, or as I've previously we've had now for 15 years uh, severe power problems in the week before I flew out here we had rotating blackouts every man woman and child every business every store every you name it nine and a half hours a day so uh, everybody got nine and a half hours a day of electricity blackouts 
And in the week prior to that, it was 11 and a half hours a day. And that is, of course, crushing the South African economy. It's doing immense harm. Uh, farm murders remain a very serious problem. The farm murder rate goes up a little bit and down a little bit. But the murder rate of white farmers remains roughly in the region of a, a rate of about 170 per 100,000 per year. And, and that's, huh. the way, that's the way the United Nations measures murder. You know, how many people get murdered in Atlanta or in... in um, <clears throat> Baltimore, Maryland, whatever. It's per 100,000 per year. All right, so we, we have a break coming up. But when we come back, we're going to ask Simon where South Africa rates compared to some of our murder capitals like Atlanta and Chicago and New York. I think we may be appalled to find out, but we'll, we'll ask him. And uh, we're going to find out more about his speech today, which was entitled The Crisis of Christendom. You don't want to miss it. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Right, everybody we are back and we are live and you know we're live because i can't find simon right now i think he went outside uh, the uh, remote location here to have a cigarette anybody who knows simon knows that he's keeping the tobacco industry singly his <laughs> his second mission his secondary mission beyond uh, uh to uh, help uh, the the whites in south africa uh, survive is to keep the tobacco industry afloat and uh, I can't quite find him right now. So uh, we will tread water until he uh, returns, and he, he should be here. 
but I poked my head out and I can't find him. So this is where we're at right now. But nevertheless, uh, he gave a talk today entitled The Crisis of Christendom, which I will uh, be happy to ask him uh, to share with you details of. But until then, let's give you the website, the website for his organization, uh, Sightlanders, and that is spelled S U I D L A N D E R S dot org. Uh, that's Sightlanders, but spell it this way S U I D L A N D E R S dot org. If you want to be uh, part of the team and learn more uh, about uh, the situation in South Africa and uh, what Simon is working so diligently. Uh, to preserve and to protect. That is the white minority of South Africa. And he just rejoined us. Uh, Simon, you were telling us about the uh, how murder rates are... How they're measured by the, measured, the United yeah, Nations. Yeah, well, to give you some sense of perspective, James, uh, the murder rate in the USA, as an average across the country, is about five per 100,000 people per year. That's nationwide. That's now, nationwide. obviously, in majority-minority areas, it's going to be up. Some places, it's going to be down. But five, that yeah. seems very low compared to the number you just told me about South Africa. Yeah. In South Africa, the uh, murder rate is 39 per 100,000 per year. So it's a killing spree, you know. Um, but if you ask, if you ask any, anybody in the establishment media here in America, they say that's a conspiracy theory. You're a racist to even question that. That is not happening. It is absolutely, factually not happening, they say. Well, the United Nations would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. And, and the murder rate of white farmers, white commercial farm owners, Excluding family members, excluding people who farm for a hobby, excluding workers, just white commercial farm owners is about 170. Oh, 170. One. Now, do they not understand or cannot they understand what is going on here? The people murdering the farmers, do they not like to eat? Do they understand what will happen if you kill the producers? Well, they don't one, think that it's, far it's, ahead? It's, it's, it's one of those things, James. That's just the way it is. That's uh, the circumstance under which we live under African National Congress rule. That's part of the deal. Okay. Well, so... To, to give you some more perspective, if you, if you take the worst U.S. cities murder rates... I, I looked All this right. up about three days ago. Now, what, what, what cities are we talking about? I, I would guess uh, Chicago would be one. Yeah, I don't remember all of the names out of my head, but if you took the worst cities in the U.S.A., and you took South Africa's average. That includes the better places. It includes the places with a, a very little population. It includes the more law-abiding regions of the country. We would our rate of of thirty-nine per one hundred thousand per year is higher than your seventh worst city, and it shouldn't be like that. Our whole country is worse than most of your very, very worst cities so that, when it that, comes to so murder. So imagine, in other words, imagine one of the very worst cities in terms of murder rate, and that's your entire country. That's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Exactly. Exactly. Who are you going to believe, though, Simon? Uh, the media or your lying eyes? <laughs> exactly. That's one of the most beautiful expressions I've ever heard in my life, and I, I use it very often in South Africa. <laughs> I, I learned it here in the South. Um, from uh, friends of yours, actually. Yeah, it's one of our go-tos here on, the, on TPC. 
Uh, well, I, we, we laugh to keep from crying. It's a terrible thing. These are wonderful people. The history of South Africa, uh, what your people have gone through, uh, what you built and what has been taken away and what has crumbled uh, as and crumbled because of the efforts of ostensibly white governments uh, across the world. It's just a terrible, terrible tragedy. And it could be a harbinger of things to come, even here in America. And, uh, again, to learn more about the situation in South Africa and to uh, support the efforts of. And, and again, just give us a, a 60-second uh, snapshot of what Sightlanders, the, the mission of Sightlanders is so people will, will know. We're, constituted under international law the the protocols additional to the geneva conventions most people won't understand what what that means but let it suffice to say that under international law there is a provision for identifiable ethnic groups all across the world whoever they may be uh, the the jews of hungary in 1943 uh, the the croats of uh, yugoslavia during the yugoslavia breakup in the 1990s the Tutsis of Rwanda in 1994, any identifiable ethnic group that perceives a threat to itself may prepare to safeguard its welfare in the event of such circumstances as civil war or nationwide anarchy, as the case may be. And and our purpose is to do that. To this is a civil thing. defense organization. It's not a radical militant organization. You're not seeking a violent overthrow of anything. You want to protect and you want to protect your people. Yeah, we want to protect. You know, be prepared prepared to protect your people. If if, if I mean to to a lot of Americans, you would have thought that the day had already arrived uh, arrived. But in South Africa. Uh, for the collapse of all things, you want to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, and and we see it happening. We see it emerging, unfolding year by year. It gets worse and worse and worse, and sooner or later, things are going to come to a head. Well, let me break it down in this way, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to help the people in South Africa who need help, you want to support that group of people, S-U-I-D-L-A-N-D-E-R-S dot org. S-U-I-D-L-A-N-D-E-R-S dot org. That is the organization for which Simon Roche is an international spokesman, and that is what brings him back to us on the program tonight, uh, specifically and, and to this event generally, and uh, we're all the better for it. Now, that being said, and the situation in South Africa being very briefly mentioned, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's give a, a quick teaser about your, your talk today, Simon, and uh, the message you delivered to those here assembled we got about two minutes and then we'll spend the rest of the hour on this provocative title the crisis of christendom what message from south africa did you bring along those lines well what our leader mr gustav muller observes is that there is a commonality in all of the major events that are taking place in the world and that is a singular threat to people in the west where was the covid pandemic most intensely rammed down the throats of the people. Where were businesses closed down the most? Where were the clot shots f forced the most upon people? Uh, where is LGBTQ being, again, rammed down the throats of children? It's not in New Delhi. It's not in Vietnam. It's not in Peru. It's in the West. Where are we seeing uh, the, the highest rates of divorce and the promotion of abortion and uh, single mother uh, uh, families promoted as as the as the option it's in the west 
Um, we, we look at the, the, the great financial crises that are emerging across the world at the moment. Again, the West is somehow always the common denominator, all of the ob always the object of this. And we would suggest that it is a conspiracy. We would suggest that it is not by accident that it is the values and the norms and the, the mores, as they call it, to use the, the fancy language, of the West that are being assaulted time and time and time again in these dark times. So that was, uh, that was the message, ladies and gentlemen. And it's interesting that you, Simon, to me as a South African, a native-born South African, uh, has more of a grasp of an understanding about what's going on, not just in America, but in the white Western Christian world at large than most Americans. You know, God's country, as, 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 as some of them call it. Uh, you have a better handle on what's going on in America than most Americans do. Yeah, it's quite sad, really, how little appreciation uh, Americans seem to have for the severity of the crisis in the USA. I talk to people about the $33 trillion simply unpla uh, unpayable debt and people's faces blank over. So that is a bit of a pity. <laughs> well, you said something very interesting, and I don't think we're going to have time because I know the music's about to play here, but uh, thankfully we, we have you for the full hour. Well, there's the music. Uh, you did say on your most recent trip to America, you never wanted to come back. Yes. And, and we'll let you explain why and why you changed your mind and are here now uh, when we come back. Uh, but there's so much more to talk about, about the crisis of Christendom uh, and how it relates to the current crisis in the Middle East. And we'll get Simon Roche's opinion on all of that when we come back. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Fighting between Israel and Hamas is in its 29th day. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken returned to Israel Friday and urged for a pause in fighting to allow for the release of hostages. More than 10,000 people have been killed in the conflict so far. Meanwhile, more foreigners and injured civilians are expected to be able to leave Gaza by crossing the border into Egypt. The President and First Lady visited the site of the most recent mass shooting in the United States. President Biden is expressing his condolences for the victims of last month's mass shooting in Lewiston, Maine. Accompanied by the First Lady, he paid a visit to a memorial near the restaurant where the tragic incident occurred. This tragedy opens a painful, painful wounds all across the country. Too many Americans have lost loved ones or survive the trauma of gun violence. During his visit, Biden met with first responders, health care providers, and some of the families affected. In the shooting incident inside a bowling alley and restaurant, a man took the lives of 18 people and injured 13 others. I'm John Schaefer. The death toll has risen to at least 157 people following an earthquake on Friday night in Nepal. The U.S. Geological Survey says a 5.6 magnitude quake shook the northwestern part of the country just before midnight local time. About 170 people were injured in the quake, which caused landslides in the mountainous country. Rescuers are searching the mountain villages, most of which can only be reached on foot, for more victims. And officials say the death toll is expected to rise. 
Daylight saving time concludes this weekend, requiring people to adjust their clocks. As we transition into fall, clocks across the United States will fall back, meaning they will be turned back one hour starting Sunday morning. It's worth noting that not everyone endorses this practice. In the past, the Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act aimed at making daylight saving time permanent year-round. Although there is congressional support for this, the House has not yet voted on the matter. I'm Dave Collins. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Ladies and gentlemen, always, always a privilege to have Simon Roche on uh, the radio here at TPC. Uh, and I am uh, thankful uh, to be able to call Simon more than just a guest, but a friend. And uh, we've spent some time together. Uh, it's Simon, uh, although I wasn't there, and I uh, regret th- th- that fact uh, as it turned out. But Simon is a veteran of the Battle of Charlottesville as well. And uh, he went up there with our friends Rich Hamlin and uh, Bombardier Eddie and some others. And, and so we've known Simon a long time, and we've shared some scars with him. And uh, it's it's great to be not have him on the just have him on the radio tonight, but to 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 be here with him uh, in person and uh, talking about South Africa, talking about uh, what ails our people worldwide. That is uh, some of the things uh, he was addressing with us today at this League of the South conference. Now I do understand, and I have been informed. Uh, that we are on this uh, live remote broadcast, and uh, every uh, intermittently there is a little bit of a disruption. The audio feed gets sped up a little bit, and it sounds a little weird. Uh, we're doing the best we can uh, from this r- rural, uh, r- <laughs> very rural location. Uh, so hopefully it's still listenable, and uh, you'll all st- uh, still stay uh, tuned in. Uh, but, uh, Simon, back to the question of the crisis of, of Christendom. Uh, continue on with uh, some of the things you relate to the audience today, and then I've got some questions for you. Well, I think that what we're seeing is the demise of the world's most noble civilization, the most noble civilization of history. There's nothing that can quite compare to the achievements of Christendom, that is to say the, the, the Christian, Western, European-derived part of the world. We, we think naturally of uh, Western and Central Europe. We think naturally of uh, North America, of Australia and New Zealand. It seems as if there's an all-out assault upon us. We're always the common denominator. Nobody's suggesting that there aren't hard times 
you know, that, for instance, the uh, pandemic uh, didn't lead to terrible lockdowns in China, for instance. Uh, and, and, and the same could be said of all of these things that we've listed as threats to our people. But we are always the common denominator. We are always the primary object. And we believe as Saitlanders that now is the time to begin to identify this. Five or ten years ago, people might have dis dismissed it. You asked me about um, uh, my reaction when uh, Richard Hamblin and uh, Mrs. Janice Hamblin and I pulled into the parking area of the Sammy Davis Jr. Son <laughs> I laughed when you said that, and I'm laughing again now. He said he went and gave a speech to the Sammy Davis Jr. chapter of the Sons of Confederate Veterans. <laughs> I, I, I can't help it. It's a, it's a joke that, uh, that Gene Andrews tells. And well, some camps are better than others, <laughs> I can't assure you. And some camps are... Probably like uh, the Sammy Davis Jr. camp. Oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with it at all, but the name just has such a lovely ring to it, and it's so ironic that I, I can't help using it. But as we, we pulled in in 2019 <laughs> into that, that parking lot, there was a, a news report on. We were listening to the news. And it was of a, a court decision that prevented a husband from interfering with his wife's um, uh, efforts to resexualize one of the twin eight-year-old boys. And this was in 2019. This is in 2019, wow. and uh, it broke my heart in a thousand pieces. I I can't recall offhand anything that has wounded me like that did. And I thought to myself, excuse my language, James. I thought, screw these people, screw. Country. He said it more strongly today, and I think how you put it today it was uh, really fitting. Yeah. You, you said what, Jer what Jeremiah Wright, uh, Barack Obama's uh, pastor, said, uh, but you said it with good intent and uh, with righteous indignation. Yeah, it was. It was because this is where we are in America now, where a father can try to prevent a a, a woman uh, from mutilating forevermore their son's sexual organs their genitals forever sterilizing them and a court rules that you cannot do that she has the right to go and and and, and do this that is sick an eight-year-old may may god not have mercy on us may god not may he withhold his mercy from us for that james that is too terrible for words. We do deserve a punishment. And, and, and that was part of my speech today, Simon, is that our people have to be made tough again, and the only way a man can be made tough is through suffering. Now, we have suffered to varying degrees, and we have suffered more than the average person. You've suffered, you know, South African, I can't even compare to that. But I'm just saying both of us relatively have suffered more than Joe and Jane six-pack in America. They're looking for the beer. They're looking for the football game on TV. Uh, we have to be made tough again, and until we are, we have no hope. Our people have to suffer. Suffer is good for you. Suffer can be good for the human condition. Well, as I mentioned in my speech yesterday, I heard uh, a report that a similar court judgment has been handed down. This, this time, again, uh, husband versus wife concerning their child, this time concerning a five-year-old boy. Come on. James, no man, no, 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 no. And James. there's, but but the court would say that the five-year-old boy has 
he's reached the age of accountability where he can make this decision. And therefore, whoever's supporting that decision is in the right. Whoever is opposing it is in the wrong. You are right. We deserve God's wrath. And I hope that it comes because it will be a purifying thing that our people need. Well, I think that the irony of it is that what is transpiring in the world now is going to present good, God-fearing uh, Christian Caucasians with an opportunity for that rectification. You know, it looks as if what's transpiring in the Middle East and in Ukraine pose meaningful threats. Uh, the economist uh, Lynette Zhang uh, did a, a, a video the other day, a presentation in which she claimed, in a scholarly manner, I mean, she, Lynette Zhang doesn't suck things out of her thumb, that the U.S. bond markets are in their worst state since the year 1787. We know that the interest upon United States debt... That's a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we know that the interest upon United States debt now is uh, just the interest, $1.7 trillion per year. These are random examples. We could give dozens more. But the point is, it looks as if the world is lumbering its way, stumbling its way into a, 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 a cataclysm, an inferno, well, the abyss. This is it, Simon. I mean, even the dire situation that you're faced with in South Africa was only made manifest within the last 30 years. And obviously the situation in America is what it is. Uh, but as I was saying in my remarks today, we put too much stock and value in what we observe in our own lifetimes. I mean, because we are part of a continuum and sometimes our people have to suffer for hundreds of years before they're delivered as it was the case in Spain under the Muslim occupation and, and these things happen. But I, I don't think that what we see now is going to be the way it's going to be until the end of time. And I, I do have hope in that. Uh, and, and, and there is historical a precedent to, to uh, that we can draw from to give us hope. Uh, but, at some point, our people are going to have to have a reckoning and are going to have to take accountability. Well, it looks as if the reckoning is coming, not to read too much into what is happening in, in Israel or to read too much into the, the, the United States $33 trillion debt. But taken all together, you will struggle to convince Saitlanders, being the people that we are, that this is not an existential threat to Christendom to the Western world, to the European races of the world. We see this as something like an end times, not to put too much emphasis on it. I, did, I didn't come here to evangelize, you know, kind of a book. Well, that's, a, that's quite all right, because this is a Christian program, and we're both members of the, of the faith. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the, in the next segment, but continue on, Simon. Yeah, not to, not to get too carried away just yet, but generally speaking, even if you're an atheist, Ugandan, lesbian, uh, paraplegic, truck-driving, uh, single mother of seven with AIDS. Even if you are as alien from my culture, my history, and my traditions as you could possibly be, you must recognize that what is going on in the world at the moment is something bizarre, it's something extraordinary, it's something that's almost grotesque in its menace. Um, and, 
we we believe that 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 there are very dark times ahead, but we believe that those people who will do best and come out the other side are those people like League of the South members, like uh, Sons of Confederate Veterans, uh, uh, you know, people who participate, uh, like all of those conservative Christian Caucasian peoples in the USA and in South Africa and elsewhere who are connected to one another through faith and who believe that if they hang together, they can do something solid. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back. But until then, uh, if you care, and I know that you do, about the situation in South Africa. You want to be a part of the solution in South Africa. You want to do your part for white South Africans. S-U-I-D-L-A-N-D-E-R-S dot org. We'll be right back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, one more segment with Simon Roche. And then in the third hour, a uh, little bit of audio blips and all. I know uh, we're in a remote location, so you're hear hearing us on helium for a couple of seconds uh, here and there throughout the segments. And believe me, we're not really talking like that because men don't talk like that. But uh, anyway, we'll do the best we can with what we've got, uh, broadcasting from afar and outside of our home studio. Uh, but the crisis of Christendom, Simon, uh, this is something that's interesting as we see what is uh, currently occurring in the Middle East is that you see all of these self-proclaimed conservative Christians lamenting the situation or the alleged situation that has 
befallen our purported ally, the greatest ally we've ever had Israel, our greatest ally. And there's so much concern uh, over what's happening to the Jews in the Middle East from Christians in America. But I have not seen any concern from Christians in America about what is befalling Christians in the Middle East. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, people have had holes talked into their heads. You know, James, I'm going to make a, a remark now that may not go down well with all of your listeners, but it's, it's really said in the spirit of compassion and brotherly love and um, strong allegiance. If you watch the advertisements, the advertisements, the commercials that play on American television, you will rapidly get an appreciation for the level at which the state, that is to say the Federal Republic, and the, uh, the, the commercial interests talk to Americans. You cannot go anywhere in the world, and I'm talking about including very primitive countries in Africa, where the level of communication about, about a product is so asinine, so inane, <laughs> so puerile. Uh, your people, your authorities, your, your betters, as it were, talk to you like imbeciles. And uh, I'm very sorry to say it, but that's a, a categorical fact. If you go to some primitive republic in Africa, you'll discover that the television advertisements are primitive, that they are overly simplistic, that the, the production values are very, very low, but the tone in which they speak to the people is not the tone. It's, they don't speak to the people like they're mentally retarded, whereas it is the case here. And this is a reflection of the message that has been given to Americans about Israel and about the allegiance with Israel and so on for I don't know how many decades. Uh, Americans have been told that this state deserves all the love and the compassion and the support and the sponsorship and the subsidy in the whole world and that it can do absolutely no wrong in the face in the face of all evidence that is a that is a uh, almost almost cursed almost that is a powerful statement simon against all evidence against all evidence it can do no wrong yeah, you know, uh, uh, I'll give you a for instance. Apartheid in South Africa fundamentally meant that you had to live in different places, that you couldn't school together, and that that was roughly it. Of course, was, there were another 100 laws, but fundamentally you and I would be separate, and our children would not mix, and there would be opportunities would be denied, and you, you as a black person, let's say, wouldn't be able to vote. That That was apartheid. Now, I ask you. Name one difference between apartheid <laughs> in South Africa and the Jewish state versus the, the Palestinians. Well, I would say if there is a difference, the Jewish state is much more extreme than, than the ones that we were told were so inherently evil. Well, if you take a look at the, the map of Israel uh, and versus Palestine now, and you compare that map to Israel versus Palestine 1948, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll very soon realize that the amount of space given to the human beings is far, 
far, far less than the amount of physical space, the amount of land given well, by the whites of South Africa to the blacks of South Africa. You can't compare it to this. Uh, I mean, uh, well, let's talk about the American South, you know, and how it was here. It all made sense because has life gotten better in South Africa for either side? Either no. side since 1994? No. Or either side better off now than they were in 1994? No, absolutely not. And it's the same here. And, you know, in Israel, I mean, it's, 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 it's even more intense. It's even more intense. With, with, but Israel has a wonderful domestic policy. I wish we could copy the Israel domestic policy. And I wish you could, too. It's a wonderful domestic policy. What's wrong with it? I mean, they have a secure border. Uh, they they have uh, segregation, but it's not bad when they do it. It's bad yeah. when you do it. It's bad yes. when we do it. Yes, but it's not bad when they do it. Yes, and <clears throat> likewise the the bombings. You know, indiscriminate bombing is always very 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 bad unless Israel bombs indiscriminately. Indiscriminate bombing in Syria is bad. Indiscriminate. Uh, Bombing in civil wars in South America is bad. Indiscriminate bombing in Africa is bad. Indiscriminate bombing in Ukraine is bad. But it's not bad when it's done on a scale exponentially higher <laughs> in, in Gaza. I mean, well, well but this is actually something that was just brought up by a mutual friend of ours who I won't name on the air, but I'll tell you who it was later. And, and she writes that it's. It's not apartheid in Israel. It's just occupation because that nation, unlike the American South and unlike South Africa, didn't exist until recently, and it was entirely just taken, taken writ large. Yeah, absolutely. Today we're taking this. Thank you very much. And, and if you go whining to the United Nations Security Council about it, we'll pay off enough American senators to, <laughs> en to ensure... To blunt you. To absolutely blunt you, to ensure that that gets nipped in the bud. Let me, let, me, let me read this to you, Simon, if you don't mind. What a fast hour this has been, my brother. Uh, and uh, just wait to the third hour when we start to mix and match uh, the different guests that you've heard from tonight. Michael Hill... Kevin McDonald and Simon Roche together. It, it, it may be an hour after even all these years that will never be forgotten. But Paul Craig Roberts, who's a friend of mine and uh, a guest on this program, he most recently appeared earlier this year, the former Secretary of the Treasury of the United States. He was in the Reagan administration, uh, but he is right on all, and I do mean all, of the issues. And he wrote this about the situation we're talking about. And I think it especially is germane to your title, uh, your speech topic today uh, about crisis in Christendom. Paul Craig Roberts writes, Many Republicans, such as House Speaker Mike Johnson, are evangelicals who worship Israel more than God. I'm pausing for emphasis. Evangelicals who worship Israel more than God. Netanyahu and American evangelicals are invoking biblical prophecy to stir Israelis and Americans into theological insanity. Biden is discredited, and polls show that his public support is too low to permit his re-election. Trump was recently described by the Israeli newspaper Haaretz as, quote, the most pro-Israel president in history, end quote. This leaves us with the question, 
Will Putin and Biden's attempts to contain the conflict prevail, or will the Republican evangelical neoconservative Netanyahu efforts to widen the conflict prevail? Time will tell. But I think the takeaway from that is these people, supposed Christians or professing Christians, fear Jews more than God. Yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, it's that age-old thing, isn't it? What, what is that guy's name, uh, James? God's boss? I don't it's know. St. Paul. You know the guy. Like, If there's ever a dispute between the word of God and something more lenient uh, that St. Paul said, you always go with St. Paul. Isn't that the way I, it works? I, 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 if you're a modern Christian, that's, you know, we don't like the rough stuff anymore. We don't want to know. That's right. That. Christians used to be harder than this. Christians used to be masculine, a masculine Christianity. Christianity now is associated with weak and effeminate behavior like that's, this. That's that's absolutely like correct. Mike Johnson and, and house. Yeah, and one thing that many people I, I speak now of 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 uh, our people in the USA, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Western Europe, Central Europe. It, it doesn't matter, but this is something that that our people uh, don't seem to to grasp. They don't seem to grasp how effeminate they've become how pansyized they've become while their enemies have become stronger and stronger and stronger and the mercy that 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 the christian world is showing to the guatemalans to the uh, to 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 the somalis uh, to the uh, syrians and the libyan uh, refugees in germany and so on that mercy is not going to be reciprocated ever let, let, let me chime in on this, uh, which is tangentially related. Uh, again, our mutual friend writes uh, in real time here with regard to so-called apartheid in South Africa versus Israel uh, and Gaza. South Africa provided education and medical care and safety, etc., etc. Israel denies even the most basic necessities such as water and medicine. Yeah, well, the South African black education system was far inferior to that provided to white children, but far superior to anything uh, provided to black children in the rest of Africa. And likewise, if, if you visit Johannesburg any time, you can see to this day the famous Baragwanath Hospital, which was not so long ago, or up until not so long ago, the largest hospital in the whole world. That was built by the, the, the wild, racist, evil, maniac, white, apartheid uh, people, for black people, so there's a there's a grave misunderstanding about uh, apartheid, um, and there's a grave misunderstanding about the the nature of the relationship between Israel and the Palestinians uh, to this day. Simon, it is a weekly occurrence that I say this hour went by way too fast. I can't believe it's been an hour. This hour went by far too quickly. I mean it every week. I do. I really mean it right now. I mean, wow, how has that been an hour already? Uh, but it's been it's been an honor. And Simon will be with us in the third hour as well when we bring back Kevin McDonald and Dr. Michael Hill as well. We'll see what uh, those three can cook up for us. I'm going to step aside and uh, watch and listen as well. Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs>